CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, we're live at the NASDAQ market site on a beautiful Friday afternoon. The guys here getting ready behind me. While they're doing that, here's what's coming up on the show. We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. And according to Carter Worth, investors need to be on guard against a sharp pullback in industrial stocks. He'll tell you what to watch for. Plus, how about making four times your money in Facebook in just three months? Because that's exactly what Dan Nathan's options trade on Facebook can do. He'll give us the details. And how would you like to make money if Home Depot goes up, down, or nowhere at all on earnings? You will once Mike Coe breaks down his trade. It's time to risk less and make more. The action begins right now. Let's get right to it because as the S&P posts its best week in two months, one sector is on a stealth winning streak. Check out the industrials up for seven straight days, its longest rally since December. But could the run be overdone? Let's get straight to the chart master standing by at the plasma. Carter. Yeah, that's it. Seven straight days in a row back to an inherently difficult level. An area of the market that's down on the year, uh, trailing the S&P by a considerable amount. And let's look at the lines. So the lines are already on here. That is a very precise level to which this sector has rallied several times before. And in fact, we closed to the penny at that line. I think the way to draw the lines after that would be like this. The presumption is that we're going to hit our head and get a little down arrow here. Let's put them all in red. So I'm going to make the bet that this seven consecutive rally right to a downtrend line is a rally to a difficult level where overhead supply comes into play. Let's draw the lines like this, something of a head and shoulders top. Not great. Let's draw the lines like this with the moving average. We rallied right to exactly the declining 100 moving average. Let's do it one more time. Put those lines together. There's your downtrend line, critical juncture, critical trend line, moving average. I'm going to make the bet that it's going to fail here. Let's end where we started. Here is, well, actually, forgot about this chart. This is actually worth looking at. Take, this is important. Actually, watch this. This is the sector itself, XLI, and relative performance to the S&P. And the key here is, of course, that we never could make relative highs, even as you were going up. So watch if I put the lines in. And what we know is that relative performance peaked right after the election, and that ever since then, essentially, the sector has been going down relative performance to the S&P. Now, remember, adjusted for beta risk, it's even worse. So to end where we started, let's just look at the following. I'm going to make the bet that this rally, impressive as it is, is probably at a level where the next sequence is likely down, not up. Mike, what's your trade? Yeah, so what I'm looking at doing here is selling an upside call spread. Specifically, the call spread I was looking at in XLI was the June 76, 77 call spread. You could sell those 76 calls for 75 cents, buy the 77s against it for 45 cents, take in a net credit of 30 cents. You're getting approximately a third of the distance between the strikes in terms of premium. That's a ratio that we rather like here. And, you know, some people will often ask, should I use a credit spread? Should I use a debit spread? 
credit spread would be selling call spreads if you're making a bearish bet versus buying put spreads. And they obviously have a lot in common, but the thing about selling a call spread is as long as something doesn't happen, you're going to make money. If, if it basically goes sideways or if it goes lower, you're going to collect that premium. And by buying that upside call, you're limiting your risk in case you obviously get the bet wrong. If you buy a put spread, on the other hand, you need something to happen. You need it to go lower, and you need it to go lower through the strike you buy by at least the premium you spend on the trade. So this is a higher probability bet. And, you know, the key thing when you're using credit spreads like this is just make sure you balance that risk-reward Collect about a third of the distance between the strikes when you sell these credit spreads, and I think you'll be doing just fine. Yeah, so I'd say the most important point here is a high probability of success here. So if you look at Carter's charts, and we took a look at the XLI about a month ago on the show when it was about 74 and a half, and to my eye at that point, I did a long put spread at the time, and I was targeting 74 back to about 70 in a way because I really thought it would get rejected at that downtrend. So here we have that situation again. The stock went all the way down to 70. Now it's back up um, above my prior level, and it's a matter of conviction. When I look at Carter's charts, I get pretty convicted. This would be a great level to put that short back out and play for a four, five dollar move. Right. What Mike's doing, it's all a matter of sizing and probability, and it's a great trade. It just depends what you're trying to achieve. And, and, and the, the important thing about this is, is very few sectors really broke below their February low. This was so bad. Right now, while we're, we've ricocheted back above it, that's the opportunity to reshort, uh, just as we did before. And it's at seven days in a row, it's a good bet. But also, just taking a look at relative performance, you know, you take a look at the largest constituent stock of this ETF, which is Boeing. And this is something that's basically been going, you know, dead sideways. Mm -hmm. And when you have dead money, what you want to be doing is selling some premium against it. And that's why I was taking a look at the short call spread stuff. All right, let's move on here. You know what else has been rallying? Facebook. The embattled social media giant is <coughs> tracing all of its losses since the Cambridge Analytica scandal broke. The stock now trading just 4% 4 below its all-time high. So is the breakout for real? Dan, you've got a trade. Well, here's the thing. You know, so, so the stock hasn't gotten back to those prior all-time highs here. And we know the stock has been really volatile over the last couple months. I mean, I think there, I think we have a one-year chart here. And I think there's a couple levels we really want to look at. Um, there was a gap after they reported their Q4 earnings lower. There was a gap on the Cambridge Analytica news back in March. And then the stock went careening down. And it basically bottomed when CEO Mark Zuckerberg went to Congress and started doing his testimony. And then there's that other gap on their earnings. And so now we've kind of filled in every gap there is to fill in. And now we have to get back to the fundamentals. We have to get back to sentiment. Here's the thing. Fundamentals are great. They just reported a quarter. Re revenues grew 42% quarter over quarter. Their monthly active users or their daily active users grew 13% year over year. They show no signs of user growth or engagement decelerating from this um, scandal, except for the fact, here's the deal. Sentiment got one way, right, way out of whack for investors, and they sold the stock down all the way to 150. And But here's the thing. Wall Street analysts never really got on board. There's still like 42 buys, two holds, and two sells. So here's the thing that I'm thinking about as we go into the summer. We know that there's going to be some European regulations kicking in at the end of this month, and then we were likely to see some more just more chatter out of the U.S. And I'm not saying that that's going to be the thing that turns Facebook, but I do think it could keep it range-bound. And then I want to target their Q2 earnings, which should happen the first week of August here. And I want to play for a move back towards that 160 level because I think there's potential for some further tape bombs to come out like that cane. Cambridge Analytical. One more chart, and this is really important. This is implied volatility, the price of options in Facebook. When you see how much it spiked into this event when the stock was careening lower and how much it's crashed 
back since then. That is almost the opposite situation what we were talking with Mike in a way. I'm inclined to be long premium into a period that may be slow for all intents, but I don't know, but I want to be long options here playing for the move. So here's the strategy. The stock closed at 187 today. You can look at August expirations. That's going to catch their Q2 earnings in the first week of August, and you could buy the August 185, 160 put spread, paying $6.50 for that. Your break-even is down at 178.50 on August expiration. You can make up to 18.50 between 178.50 and 160. I like the range of this trade. It goes back to that gap back um, in last month where I think there's really good support, and I just don't see this thing breaking out. I think it's a very different situation than what happened with Apple. Apple had kind of a phony crisis, and they already gave the news. This one, who knows? This I mean, look, a it's crisis. a heck of a ricochet, right? Yeah. So you're taking advantage of that back to or close to a former high. You're talking about up almost 30 percent. And inherently, is it really going to exceed the high before at least contending with it, backing away? That would be the better bet, and that's the bet you're making. You know, the other thing we were talking about just a second ago was call spread versus put spread. Take a look at how this stock has moved, and it has moved very sharply, both up and down. And that is when you want to own premium, when things are really moving, and that's where you're going to make the money. So I, I really do think that uh, a long put spread is the way to make a bearish bet in Facebook, you know, which is obviously able to move and on another catalyst like any of the ones we've seen likely will do it again. I mean the principle of overhead supply comes from or supply of any kind after you drop sharply and then recover back to the scene of the crime. People who endured those losses but didn't book them say wow this is my chance to get my money back because that was unnerving. And then there's another kind of supply. There are people who bought on the low either dumb luck or brilliance, who have a huge gain now, up 25, 26, 20. They're like, i got to book that. Meaning you get supply from below, you get supply from above. Inherently difficult level. Yeah, and I would just throw out one last thing. I mean, I don't think this stock has ever been cheap, on a, as cheap as it is right now, on a P.E. to growth. On 2018, uh, analysts expect 24% EPS growth. It's trading 24 times. 2019, 20% expected growth, trading 20 times. For a company that's growing sales the way they are, that's really cheap. But here's the only issue. When the company reported this last quarter, they didn't know, they, they basically said there was going to be no bad effects from this Cambridge Analytica. On Q2 earnings, if we get any deceleration, people are going to start questioning that valuation. All right. For everything Options Action, check out our website, optionsaction.cnbc.com. While you're there, don't forget to sign up for our newsletter. You can send it to your mom for Mother's Day. She'll love it, really. So what are you waiting for? Here's what's coming up next. There's no cooler trade than Mike's strategy for Home Depot heading into earnings. He'll break it down. Calling all Options Action fans. Got a market question on this big sell-off? Tweet us at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns. Welcome back to Options Action. Earnings season may be winding down, but we still have three big Dow names gearing up to report next week. Dom Chu is breaking it down in the newsroom. Dom. Well, you know, the sun's getting low, Melissa, and the shadows are getting long when we start talking about earnings reports for the likes of Walmart, Home Depot, and Cisco. Home Depot will report its results on Tuesday ahead of the open. Cisco Systems will be on Wednesday after the close. And then there's Walmart, which is going to be before the open on Thursday. While Cisco shares are near multi-year highs and have been trending positively as of late, the same can't really be said for the other two. Now, to a lesser degree, you've got a nearer-term uptrend for Home Depot, but it's still now 8% below its record high from the end of January. And Home Depot, of course, was one of the big beneficiaries of the rally in the stock market since President Trump's election. Then you've got Walmart with some serious work to do. 
It's a negative trend since its own record high from January, and it's been down pretty much ever since, shedding a quarter of its value. Might that possibly mean more volatility around earnings? So right now, the options market is pricing in a 5% move up or down for Walmart stock, about a 3% move up or down for Home Depot for earnings, and the options market is pricing in a 5% move up or down for Cisco. So together, the combined implied theoretical market cap move of all of these three Dow stocks is around just $29 billion or so. Of those three Dow components, a big focus will be on the two retailers, though, for sure. Back over to you guys. All right. Thanks, Dom. Dom, you in the newsroom. Well, Dom had mentioned that Home Depot is down around 8% from its recent high, but Professor Co. has a way to make money if the stock goes up, down, or nowhere at all. Is it magic? No, it's called options. Mike's going to break it down with the call to action. Mike. Hi there. Okay. So we have earnings coming up, and when we do have catalysts like earnings, that tends to elevate near-dated options premiums. So the reason we're looking at a call spread, number one, is we want to take advantage of that and look to sell that expensive near-term option premium. And we want to take advantage of the fact that the longer dated options probably are not as elevated. As it turns out, the May options are trading at about a 30% implied volatility, and longer dated options are at about a 20% implied volatility. And the other thing we want to do is when we're selling options, buying those longer dated ones limits our risk. So if we take a quick look here at Home Depot stock, as he pointed out, it's probably looking at a little over a 3% move in either direction off of earnings. It's interesting, we don't usually get really big moves, much more than that, and so I think what we're going to do is try to make a play that is going to stay somewhere within that range, and the trade specifically we're taking a look at is the May-September 190 call spread. So we're going to sell the May 190 calls, we're going to collect $3.45, buy the Septembers for $9.55, that's a net debit of $6.10, and really the idea is that we're expecting the stock to be, at least in the near term, relatively range-bound coming out of earnings. But this is a company I really like. I think I definitely favor them over Lowe's Corporation. So this is one of those situations where longer term, we might be bullish. And an important point we want to make here, we're improving our odds of success significantly when we sell that shorter dated option. Number one, because if the stock just stays put, we're going to profit as that one decays more rapidly than the one we own. But secondly, because we've reduced the cost of that long dated call, it doesn't have to rise as high for us to profit. Remember, that thing was going to cost over $9. So 82% chance that you get to 195 versus only a 65% chance of getting to 200. So the idea here is that we have a way to make money in the short term, but we also improve our odds of profits longer term as well. What do you think of this trade, Mike? Dan? So I have Mike's to go trade. back 10 quarters where this stock, after earnings, moved more than 3%, which is the implied move right now. So when you look at Mike's probabilities, there's just a very good probability of success that you're going to make a little money. I like the fact that he's selling the weekly. That's what the maze are. Um, and it's going to give him a lot of optionality. Let's say the stock is up or down 2% after earnings. He's going to be able to say, okay, you know what? I want to stay long that September. Maybe I want to turn it into another calendar, a diagonal, uh, a vertical, whatever the heck it is. So to me, I think this is a great opportunity to take advantage of the potential, the, the high probability of a range-bound trade. I mean, look, this is a marquee name, and as opposed to certain other marquee names that have struggled or are clearly out of the woods, this one is in the middle and trying to come back. I think it's the benefit of that on the long side. Uh, it acts so much better than so many other housing-related stocks that I think people treat this as a safe haven who want to be exposed to that area of the market. You know, what's interesting, too, is that the space in general has been doing really well. You know, in a pre previous earnings season, one of the things I did was I was long Home Depot and I was short lows as a pair. Actually, I probably just should have been long both. I mean, Home Depot is definitely the better operator of the two. 
But it's clear that both are facing a pretty good tailwind here. Yeah. Cart, are we in a market where this stock could gap up on a beat and raise a name like this that actually has underperformed? Is it, is it that sort of I market? mean, sure. We've seen a lot of gapping, and we always get that with earnings. It just shows how hard it is to predict earnings. But uh, if there's going to be a gap, I think it would be up. All right. Mike, last word. I mean, I think this is the way to play it. I'm not expecting a big move to the upside, but I do want to be long the name longer term. All right, coming up, Mike made a bullish bet on NVIDIA last week. He spent nothing on the trade, but now it's worth seven bucks. How do you do it? We will explain. Plus, got an options-related question from one of the traders. Send us a tweet to add options action. If you're lucky, we might read it later in the show. We are live at the NASDAQ market site in New York's Times Square. Much more options action still ahead. Welcome back to Options Action. It's time to take a look back at some of our open trades. Now, last week, Dan said Disney was gearing up for a breakout on earnings. Here's the trade specifically, targeting earnings next week. Um, and really, I'm playing for a move up to about 105. When the stock was trading about 101, you could sell the May, two weeks from now, expiration, 105 call at 80 cents. And you could use that 80 cents to help buy the September 100 call, okay, for 580. Well, it was a shaky week for the stock, but it's still up since the time of the trade. So what are you doing with Disney now? Yeah, so this is actually a pretty good scenario. I mean, it would be better if the stock was at 105, but I'd still have to wait until next week's expiration. But now here's the deal. The May 105 call that I sold at 80 cents is offered at 20 cents. The uh, September, the longer dated call, has appreciated because the stock's up about a dollar. So it's picked up some deltas there. So you have an opportunity where you could actually cover that May for 20 cents. And you could look out to June and do this again and sell the June 105 call at a dollar 20. You're going to take in another dollar. You're going to further reduce the price of that long dated September 100 in the money call now. So I would keep chipping away at that. And over the next month, if it moves to 105, then we look to turn it into a vertical in September. So I like setting up long. I mean, this, this is a class where you had to use options. It's a dormant stock. Yeah. I mean, this is a stock that's literally stuck between 98 and 102 for now for six, seven weeks straight. Sometimes stocks belong where they are. They're fairly priced. I think Disney's one of those. It, it sits here. It belongs here. Also, last week, Mike bet NVIDIA would rip higher off its earnings report. We were looking at a move up or down of about 7%. The other thing we'll notice is that there's probably some level of support here, resistance there. I was looking at selling the 220 may put for $4, buying the fairly close to at the money, 245 calls for 650, and then selling the 257 and a half calls for 250. Concerns about a slowdown in crypto mining taking the stock down today, but it is up more than 9% since the time of the trade. So Mike spent nothing on this trade. It's now worth seven bucks. What do you do now? Yeah, so anybody who's following us on Twitter, and you should, by the way, because we will update trades there, already knows what we're going to do because what we're advising is that you roll this trade out and up. Uh, this thing pretty much hit all of our numbers perfectly. And in fact, it actually hit above that 257 and a half strike right before earnings. And that was actually the time that we recommended adjusting the trade. Yeah, I mean, is, as inflection points go, a breakout is what it is. This broke out to a new high, hit 260. It backed away today. But uh, this is a very constructive setup. It's not a range-bound stock stock. It's a stock that is acting better than the semiconductor index. And the presumption is... You want to stay long. So, Carter, this stock over the last two years has had some massive gaps on earnings. So the fact that it had this run into earnings and then it's down 2 percent. I mean, it's really a rounding error for all intents and purposes. Does that change your view of the breakout because it didn't do so? Well, it's with... not a, that's right. So sometimes you have head fakes or breakouts that, that trap people. They're bull yeah. traps and then they fall back. Um, could that be this? Sure. 
uh, but the fact that it's so robust relative to other semis, I think the, the bias is still or the benefit of the doubt is given. I mean, this is a stock that's up 12.5% in two weeks going into earnings. It's only fallen off a very little bit. It basically, it's as if the market started to anticipate what they were going to say, and it seems to have digested it just fine. I mean, I think the story is still pretty good here. All right. Up next, tweets and the final call. Welcome back to Options Action. Time to take your tweets. Our first tweet is from Jerry, who asks, how do you figure out the probability of success for a trade? Professor Ko, what do you say? Okay, well, actually, these days, a lot of brokerage platforms will actually offer you these statistics, and those could be a, a really big help if you have access to it. But if you don't, one of the things you can do is take a look at the delta of an option, and that gives you a back-of-the-napkin way of figuring out what the probability is that that option is going to end up in the money on its expiration date. And that would be a good place to get started. And what is delta for the uh, Delta is the rate of change there. in the price of an option for a given move in the underlier. So if it's a 30 delta, that's a 30% rate of change in the price of the option relative to the underlying stock. So in his element when he's explaining. He loves it. Right? He loves I love it. this All stuff. Right. Time for the final call. Last word from the options, Fitz Carter. I want to make the bet the industrials have gone too far selling XLI. Mike Coe. Sell call spreads and happy Mother's Day to my lovely wife, Holly. Aw. Dan Nathan. Yeah, I'm going to one-up you. My wife and my mom, happy Mother's Day. Oh. They're big guy. Right, listen, no, but listen, <laughs> Facebook, I think the options are setting up pretty interesting uh, complacency by August. Call, uh, Our time has expired. Mad Money is up next. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs>